You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Belinda Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. You see, church, this morning I'm coming with a message. Not with a message of 12 disciples who put their strength in the Lord's hands, but a message that, that holds the heart of the church this morning. I'm coming back to a heart of worship. We are coming back to a heart of worship. And this morning we might not shout a loud hallelujah or a loud amen or jump up on our feet or run around. But this is a message that will confront our hearts this morning. And I can promise you as I preach to you this morning, God has been ministering to me, amen. And as I speak the words to you this morning, in this week, I said to my husband, this message is burning in my heart. And he said to me, do you want to preach it? And I said, I actually don't want to preach it. I said, because it confronts the heart so much that there's times where we're going to have to stop and breathe just to say, I'm coming back to a heart of worship this morning. Is that okay, church? So in starting out, I want to say, when we think of dangerous occupations, we think about those working with the wildlife. We think of security guards or bodyguards. But Nadab and Abihu found out that serving in God's presence was something very serious. You see, Nadab and Abihu were the oldest and second oldest sons of Aaron, Moses' brother. And Aaron was the first high priest. And these two sons served in the temple with him. Nadab and Abihu. So in Exodus 24, we see that Nadab and Abihu and the leaders of Israel went into the presence of the Lord with Moses on Mount Sinai. Can I read that to you? Exodus 24 verse 1 to 2 says, And now he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come near, nor shall the people go up with him. Then in Exodus 24, verse 9 to 11 says, Then Moses went up, also Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders, and they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stones, and it was like the very heavens in clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand. So they saw God, and they ate and they drank. Let's read Exodus 24, verse 15 to 18. Then Moses went up to the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Here we see Nadab and Abihu had gone into the presence of the Lord. They'd been invited in, but they could only worship from afar. Nadab and Abihu had seen the manifest presence of the Lord in the colors of sapphire. Can you imagine? But that scripture is so scary because in the same verse we read that people were at the base of the mountain eating and drinking. In the presence of God while somebody was meeting with him, there were those far away. 
And today we sit with the same choice. Only now God says, I've ripped the veil. You can come into my holy of holies and spend time with me. Or do you want to stay at the base of the mountain and eat and drink? So this morning, if you agree with what I'm saying, I'm not asking for a loud amen, but I'm asking for a somber amen. We're saying, yes, I hear you. I hear the voice of God this morning. Is that okay? You see, Moses went up and he went into the cloud. Many don't go into the cloud today. They're afraid of the cloud. Do you know there's a scripture that says Moses met God in the dark cloud? But there's no darkness in God. So what does that mean? They meet him in a place where he has to totally trust who he is. If I can't see to my left or to my right or to the front or to the back, I need to trust that voice. I need to trust that voice on the inside of me. You see, God never, ever, ever asked us to understand him, church. God asked us to trust him. And God asked us to obey him. God never asked us to understand him. What is there to understand in the forgiveness of God? What is there to understand in forgiving somebody who's wronged you? How do you understand that? How do you love those that hurt you? Only if you trust in the voice that's telling you to do that. You see, God never asked you to understand him. He asked you to obey him. Amen? And we have to come before a holy God of, and say, God, we're going to trust your word. We're going to trust your way. You see, the holy God of Israel had personally set Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu apart as priests. And why this story? I said, Lord, there's so many beautiful stories in the Bible. Many, many stories we can preach about. But why this one? And the Lord just said to me, just listen to what my heart is for my church this morning. The Lord had spoken to Moses and he gathered the congregation together at the door of the temple and he'd consecrated Aaron, Nadab and Abihu for ministry. Are you with me this morning? So in Leviticus 8 verse 7 to 9, we see that they were clothed in unblemished brand new robes and sashes and Aaron wore a turban on his head that said, holy to the Lord. Holy to the Lord. You see, after Aaron was set apart by being anointed, what did, what did Moses do? He took oil and he anointed Aaron. Then he took blood from the altar, from the brazen altar, and he placed it on his right ear, on his right thumb, and on his right toe. Have you read this in the Bible before? I know many times when we read the Bible, we skip past Leviticus. Amen. But there's so many beautiful truths in Leviticus. If we just look past the words we are reading and hear what God is saying to us. So he puts the blood on his right ear, on his right thumb, and on his right toe. And he says to them, you are now reminded that you are in the service of the Most High God. You are now in the service of the Most High God. It meant that everywhere they went, everything they did, and everything they heard was for the Lord's service. Is everything you hear, everything you do, and everywhere you go today for the Lord's service? Amen? You see, these priests were respected. And in Leviticus 8 verse 36, we read that Aaron and his sons did everything the Lord commanded them. They were getting this right. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? They said Aaron and these his sons did everything that God had commanded them to do in the temple. Their hearts were amazed at seeing the fire consume the burning offerings. And then something happened. Isn't that us sometimes? We get so familiar with God. Something happened. They were so consecrated to God and doing everything right. But in the very next instance, we see that when Nadab and Abihu came, something had changed in their hearts. They became familiar with the presence of the Lord. Amen. And let's read Leviticus 10, verse 1 to 3. It says, Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it. So what these two young priests decided is they are going to offer God a sacrifice on their terms, in their way, without instruction from God. Okay, are you with me? So they took the censer and put fire in it. They put incense in it and they offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. Do you see it says that in the Bible? I'm telling you the truth. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke saying, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. So Aaron held his peace. I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified Bible. It says, Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took, each took a censer and put fire in it and put incense on it and offered strange and unholy fire before the Lord, as he had not commanded them. And there came forth fire from before the Lord and killed them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord meant when he said, I and my will, not their own will, will be acknowledged as hallowed by those who come near me. And before all the people, I will be honored. You see, in Leviticus 10, it tells us that Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took their respective ceremonial censers, put fire in them, and placed incense in it, and offered strange, unauthorized, unacceptable fire before the Lord. This was an act he had not commanded them to do. Can you see these young men's journey? They start out being anointed in the temple. They start out being clothed. They start out being, being prepared. They were from the best breed of priests that can come into the tabernacle. But you see, their unauthorized fire was met with a never-ending one. They did not take fire from the brazen altar. They took their own fire. You see, profane fire means to treat something that is sacred with irreverence or to treat what is holy as something common or ordinary. So God is saying they were offering profane fire. They were treating something that is holy as unholy. Are you still with me this morning? So Aaron's sons come into the presence of God with irreverence and disrespect. They become too familiar with God's presence and they lose their respect and reverence for that which is holy. Have we maybe become too used to God and the presence and maybe we've started treating it as something common? Have we used God's presence for our own gain? for our own riches, for our own families, instead of just loving the Father for who He is? 
You see in Leviticus 8 verse 36, Aaron and his sons did all the things that God had commanded them to do by the hand of Moses. In Leviticus 9, one chapter further, the heading of the chapter says, the priestly ministry of Nadab and Abihu. And then in Leviticus 10, it says profane fire. Within one chapter of being anointed, they served one chapter in the tabernacle in the correct way. They thought they could go into the Holy of Holies on their terms. Church, it's time to go into the Holy of Holies on God's terms, not on our terms. Amen? It's time to go into God's presence and offer Him a worthy sacrifice, not from our hearts or from what we come from, but from Him. You see, Nadab and Abihu did not respect the Lord's boundaries. I often say we're free moral agents, but we're not free of the consequences of our sin. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say you're a free moral agent, but you're not free from the consequence of your sin. You see, Nadab and Abihu did not respect the Lord's boundaries, and they honored their own opinion above the Lord's. Who of us have maybe honored our own opinion above the Lord sometime? Sometimes we come before the Lord and the Lord says, Sunday is holy. Sunday is sacred. Sunday is a time where you put your life aside to come into my presence, to hear what I have got to say to you. And we say Sunday is common. It's the same as Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I can do on Sunday just what I want to. You see, they, were com- they had been commanded to serve in the temple. They were not commanded at that moment to offer in the temple. They used their own coals and their own senses and incense rather than taking coals from the brazen altar. God is holy. God is holy. And He instructs us in what is right and wrong. We cannot take God's instructions and filter it through, I know better than you, God. We cannot take what God has given us and filter it through our hearts of saying, I know better than you, God. God sets the rules and the boundaries in a relationship with Him. Amen? God sets the rules and the boundaries of our relationship with Him. Is your relationship with Jesus a flicker of a candle Or is it the brilliance of a son? Can I ask you again, is your relationship with Jesus a flicker of a candle or the brilliance of the sun? One of the greatest lessons we can teach our children is that one day you are going to give account for your life. I often say one of the best lessons I taught my children was to handle offense in the right way. But this week, I'm telling you one of the best lessons you can teach your children is that there's a life you're after. And you are going to give account for your life one day so that they can be aware that life is not today, tomorrow, next week, or next month. Life is eternity. We need to return to a holy respect and wonder of who God is. This is to return to the fear of God. You see, church, the fear of God is not being afraid of Him. The fear of God is being afraid of being away from Him, of being afraid of not having His presence in our lives. Amen? You see, the person that fears God has nothing to hide, but he's terrified of drawing back from God. 
Is that something that burns in your heart this morning? Are you terrified of pulling back from God? Are you terrified that the things in your life will become more important than God? Are you terrified that the things that you want will be more important than God? Are you terrified that your will will become more important than the will of God? Because that is the fear of God. You see, God says, I heard your voice in my heart saying, come seek my face. My inner being responded, Yahweh, I'm seeking your face with all my heart. God says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Does it say God says draw near first? He says, you draw near to me and I will draw near to you. You see, God wants to be close and intimate with you, but do you want to draw close to God? You see, the closer we get to the sun, the more we see how we need to change. The closer we get to God, the more we see the things in our lives that are so acceptable that aren't acceptable anymore in the, in the, in the eyes of God. Amen? Do you still love the house of God? Do you still love coming into his presence on a Sunday? But if it's, or is it that if it's not convenient, I will not be here? Or I have another agenda, God, you wait for me next week. Amen? I'm not speaking from a platform. I'm speaking from equal ground. I'm speaking from equal ground. I'm coming with you and I'm going, God, forgive us. Forgive us, forgive us, forgive us for bringing profane fire for teaching, for, for, for bringing things that aren't of worth, for bringing and treating your presence as something as common. Because we are so spoilt in this church with His presence, amen? Last week when the presence of God was just moving, 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 my heart was overwhelmed by the goodness of God for His people. Who was here last week? Can we have a shout out? You see, Charles Spurgeon says that the fear of God is the death of every other fear. The fear of God is the death of every other fear. Like a mighty lion, it chases all other fears before it. Do you want the fear of God? You see, when we fear God, I've taken the next few lines out of John Bevere's book. When we fear God, we take on His heart and we love what He loves and we hate what He hates. Can I tell you what the fear of God is? When we fear God, what is important to Him becomes important to us. When we fear God, we don't want to sin in thoughts, words, and actions anymore. When we fear God, we walk in an authentic humility. When we fear God, our outward behavior is in harmony with our inward thoughts, motives, and beliefs. When we fear God, we hate injustice and we refrain from speaking deceitfully. When we fear God, we give Him the uncompromising praise, the adoration, the thanksgiving, and the worship He deserves. As the worship leader of Household of Christ, my heart is, my heart is that we give God the very best of us on a Sunday morning. And that we can touch His heart and we can come into His presence and we can say, Jesus, we love you. 
We're not coming for what you can do for us. We're not coming for what you can be for us. We're not coming to demand things. We're not coming into your presence to tell you who we are. We're coming into your presence to join the hosts of angels in singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the one day I said to God, God, but how do I give you the best of me? Because even on my best day, I'm not good enough for you, God. He said, there's a veil across this platform. It's called the blood of Jesus. And he says, it's a veil that comes down from heaven. He says, and every word you sing and every note you play will go through the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus will filter all of me out of it. And all of God will get to the people. Amen. You see, when we fear God, we give His Word and His presence our full attention. When we fear God, we have an inward force propelling us to do His will, no matter the cost. When we fear God, we stop complaining, murmuring, and grumbling. When we fear God, we tremble before Him in awe and wonder. You see, Isaiah 26, verse 8 to 9 says, Yes, we will follow your ways, Lord Yahweh, and entwine our hearts with yours, for the fame of your name is all that we desire. At night, I yearn for you with all my heart. In the morning, my spirit reaches out to you. In the morning, my spirit reaches out to you. I want to entwine my heart with you. My worship must be entwined with your presence that I become so insignificant that you, Lord, can do what you need to do in the hearts of your people. And this morning, this is what was on my heart, that we need to come and we need to come before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive us. Because we as a team, we as a church, we don't want to ever disrespect the presence of the Lord. Amen. Anything beautiful that comes from this platform, I can promise you, is only Jesus Christ, because we're pretty normal. Amen. So the Lord says, entwine your heart with mine. I entwined my heart. Entwine is like a rope that is twisted and wrapped and bound together. It is like the movement of a vine encircling and embracing a structure. And as he embraces the structure and moves around the structure, this vine, it starts getting its strength from the vine. Amen? You see, because that vine is quite limp and quite useless without the structure of Jesus Christ. Amen? Isaiah 49 verse 23 says, Then you will know that I am Yahweh, and I will never disappoint those who entwine their hearts with mine. How incredible is the Jesus we serve. In conclusion, may we never approach God's presence with an irreverence like Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron. Let us entwine our hearts with the Lord's and come back to our first love. Let us honor and respect the will and the ways of God and put Him first. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.